Hello, hello. You're listening to the No Fucks Given podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Knight, author of the No Fucks Given Guides, a series of self-help books for people like me who hate being told what to do. Just like the books, the podcast is fun, sweary, and full of tips and techniques for giving fewer, better fucks and living your best life. Let's get to it. I'm going to get things rolling today in episode three with a segment I call Don't Get Me Started. This is an opportunity for me to rant, which is a thing I love to do, and to get you all fired up for the episode to come. So today, don't get me started with people who can't stop giving a fuck about the fact that you don't give a fuck. These are also known as people who can't take no for an answer. And I had to write a whole book about this last year called Fuck No, because it's such a prevalent issue in our society. I mean, really, guys, we should all be able to live our lives according to what we want, need, and deserve out of them. And as long as we're honest and polite about the things we don't give a fuck about, people need to start taking no for an answer. They gotta take it at face value. I simply cannot stand it when someone pushes and pushes and pushes back against something I've already made it abundantly clear, in as nice a way as I know how, that I don't care about. Like, just stop it. Cut it out. I mean, can we all just live our lives without all the second guessing and the peer pressure and the, you know, I want you to do a thing that you've already told me you don't want to do? I just, I can't, I can't express to you how much this pisses me off. As such, today's episode of the No Fucks Given podcast is devoted to dealing with those people. So, welcome to episode three. I'm calling this The Joy of No. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I want to tell you exactly what you can expect from this episode. First, I'm going to talk about guilt and obligation. I know, really, really exciting stuff. But stay with me. I think you're going to enjoy what I have to say about these two major obstacles to saying no and getting what you want and not what you don't want out of life. I am also going to teach you once and for all how to stop giving a fuck about what other people think. I'm going to explain how feelings versus opinions work in this realm and how to speak in the language of opinion. I'm also going to describe what I call the four types of yes men and how to counteract those with four easy templates for saying no under any circumstance. We will go deep into the joy of no, and then I hope you'll listen all the way to the end for this week's No Fucks Given tip. And just for a little light housekeeping, know that you can always go to nofucksgivenguides.com, that's plural, nofucksgivenguides, to get the show notes and to download anything that I might mention on this episode, which today is going to include a quiz, a flowchart, and some other fun stuff. You can also subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so that you get next week's episode as soon as it lands. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about saying no. As I mentioned, I had to write a whole book about saying no, and in particular, how to stop saying yes when you can't, you shouldn't, or you just don't want to do something. And I did that because five years ago when I wrote The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, I started getting emails, DMs, messages from people on Twitter saying, all right, I get it. I totally understand. I don't have to give a fuck. I hear you. But I'm having trouble explaining it to other people. And I thought that I'd kind of gone into detail on this already in book one, but five years down the line, it became ultra clear to me that people were having such a hard time saying that two-letter word. And it shouldn't have come as a surprise because for the first 35 years of my life, it was pretty hard for me to say it too. 
And luckily for me, I've been able to say more confident no's as time goes on. It definitely gets easier the more you do it. (laughs) Um, And I want to be able to share some of that information and clarity and inspiration with you guys. Just one example is from the last year or so of my professional life when I was an editor uh, at a big publishing house in New York City. And I talked in episode one of the podcast about how I came to leave that job and go freelance and become an author in my own right and then live here in the Dominican Republic public podcasting to you from uh, the land of palm trees. But basically, you know, I was in my last year on that job and I got offered by my boss to go to the London Book Fair, which was a really, it was an honor. You know, there are a lot of people on staff. You can only send one person, one editor to represent you. I had a couple of high profile British authors at the time and my boss thought that I would be a good person to give that opportunity to, to go to the London Book Fair. and, And it was really, really nice of him to offer me that. Believe me, I understood the stakes and I appreciated it, but I did not want to go. And in the moment, I was kind of like a deer in headlights because all of the thoughts were rushing through my head about, oh my God, I I don't want to do this, but how do I say no? Can you say no? Am I allowed to say no? And fortunately, in the moment, I had enough wherewithal to say, oh, thanks so much. Let me just think about that and I'll get right back to you. And that's a tip. That's even before I get to the no fucks given tip at the end of the show, is be able to say, thanks so much, I need to think about it. Or thanks so much, I'm going to think about that and get right back to you. It just gives you a little bit of breathing room to make a decision if your first instinct is to say no and your second instinct is to say, I'm not allowed to say no. And then the third thing that comes out of your mouth is yes, when you don't really want to do it. So definitely make sure that you can work, uh, thanks so much, I'll think about it into your vocabulary. And in case you're wondering, not that I have to justify it, but there were so many reasons I didn't want to go. I hate traveling. I really hate flying. It makes me very anxious. Uh, I really didn't want to have to put myself through what to me are the rigors of international travel and all of the anxiety that that entails on behalf of my day job. And I also knew that I was going to be away from work for four or five, seven days and come back to a mountain of other stuff that didn't get done while I was in London. Another thing was uh, my boss was going to be going, and I loved that boss, but I didn't really want to travel with him and work alongside him under all of the anxiety and pressure that I knew I would already be under. I just, I didn't like the idea of having to kind of perform at an even more peak level than I already did day to day because I would be there under his gaze, you know, the entire time. And again, he was a great guy. He didn't make me feel that pressure. I made myself feel that pressure. But either way, it didn't matter. It resulted in me not wanting to go to the London Book Fair. So what happened? Uh, Ultimately, I was just desperate to say no. I I couldn't imagine myself saying yes and and putting myself into this uh, situation. And on last week's episode, the, the NFG tip of the week was visualize it. And that's what I did. I visualized the uh, anxiety and and terror and mental stress that I would be under if I had to go forward with this trip. And uh, I felt really bad and I, I couldn't think of anything else to say but no. And I was really nervous about doing it because I was nervous about my reputation. I was nervous that my boss would be disappointed in me. I was nervous that I was doing the wrong thing in terms of my career. Um, but I had to say no. And so I went to him and I gave him most of the reasons that I just gave you guys, I was really honest about it. And he said to me, oh, 
okay, well, I didn't know you felt that way. And hey, listen, I have to do this because I'm the big boss and it's my job and that's what I get paid for. But you really don't have to do this. You can say no and I'll ask somebody else. And I appreciate your candor. And we just went on our merry way as boss and employee, me having said no and him having accepted it, not judged me, at least, you know, maybe he privately judged me, but not judging me in the moment. And everything was fine. So anyway, that was a big saying no moment of truth for me, a noment. Uh, and and it only got easier from there. And that's another little free tip I'm going to throw at you in this episode, which is that it gets easier the more you do it. So you do have to take that first risk. You do have to throw off those concerns about, you know, what people are going to think of you and the guilt that you might be feeling or the guilt that other people might put on you, which I'm going to talk about next, uh, and just say the no and see what happens. And typically it's going to go pretty well, particularly if you take my advice and say it really well from the outset people will probably take it better than you think. So uh, we're going to move on to guilt and obligation, everybody's favorite feelings, and uh, and hopefully learn a little bit more about what's going on inside your head, what's going on inside other people's heads, and how you can wiggle out of it uh, with the least amount of guilt and the least amount of pressure possible for you to say the no's that you really want to say day to day. In my book, Fuck No, I talk about guilt as the single number one impediment to saying no. Um, But what you really need to know is that the guilt is most often coming from inside the house. And I take you through some thought exercises in that book that include asking yourself if your guilt is really warranted. Are you doing something objectively bad? You know, if you know you're doing something bad or rude or disrespectful uh, or illegal, then you should be feeling guilty. That's actually a good response because it might keep you from doing that thing. But ask yourself, is your guilt truly warranted? Because in many cases, it's probably not. You're probably not contemplating doing something that's objectively bad. You're just contemplating doing something that other people might not understand or necessarily agree with, but is not actually really bad. The other thing is, is the guilt you're feeling coming from other people? Are other people actively making you feel bad? Are they actively shaming you? Are they saying things to you to make you feel guilty on purpose? Or is the guilt coming from your own mind? And that's what I mean when I say the guilt is coming from inside the house. Because if you ask yourself these questions about whether it's truly warranted and who is really making you feel guilty, I think that most of the time, I'm going to call it like 75% of the time, it's actually you who's making yourself feel guilty before you've even done anything. You're getting yourself all worked up. Because I guarantee you that most people do not care nearly as much about how you live your life and the decisions that you make as you think they do. And another thing to remember is that when they are actively trying to shame you and make you feel that guilt, it's so often that they're paying forward their own emotions because they feel guilty about whatever it is that you want or in most cases don't want to do. They feel like they're not allowed to say no to things, so they're passing those feelings of guilt on to you. And this is where the joy of no comes in. 
You need to be the no you want to hear in the world because the more you say an honest and polite and totally justifiable no, the more other people will be forced to hear it and understand it and let it sink in and the more they'll start to feel like it's okay for them to say those honest and polite and totally justifiable no's in their lives and all of us benefit from that. That is the joy of no. With your friends, instead of hemming and hawing on an invitation or saying yes right away even though you don't want to go and then canceling at the last minute, you will be honest and upright and forthright and timely with them in saying no to something and they will thank you for it. I mean, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the people who say no to things right away so that I can plan around them. And then there's your family, and I know it's harder to say no to them, but if you keep saying yes to things that you don't want to do with and for your family just because they're your family and you feel guilty about it, then you're going to wind up poisoning the time you do spend together with resentment. And that's no fun for anybody. If you say no's when you really don't want to do something and then you say yeses at other times, you can really enjoy those other times. And I think that is, above all, the effect that you're looking for. And finally, when it comes to work, which is another area where you might think you just can't say no, you're not allowed to say no. And you might have that anxiety that I described when I wanted to say no to the London Book Fair. If you consider it more about setting expectations that you can exceed with your boss and coworkers, and making sure that you set boundaries so that they know what they can't expect of you so that they can't be disappointed, that's a really good way to think about saying no in the workplace. And if you can be honest and polite and candid and justify it to the extent that you feel you have to, you know, depending on the situation, you might not really have to go into detail on justifying your no at all. But if you can say those no's in the workplace, then all you're going to be doing is creating a situation where everybody knows what they can expect from you and you can fulfill and sometimes exceed those expectations. And that's going to be really good for you in the short and the long term. Okay, so just to harken back to the opening of this show where I did my little don't get me started rant, there are going to be the people who still can't take no for an answer, and this is how you deal with them. There are three ways you can ignore, you can acknowledge, and you can engage. I personally recommend ignoring (laughs) the same way that you need to start ignoring the voices in your own head that are trying to trick you into saying yes when you really want to say no just because you feel some sense of guilt that is completely self-imposed and has nothing to do with what people are actually saying to you or about you uh, to your face or behind your back. You need to be able to ignore. So just let it roll off like a water off a duck's back, if that is a saying. I don't know if that's a saying. It sounds really weird. But let it roll off your back and just go on about your business. The other thing you can do if the situation warrants it and you feel up to it is you can can acknowledge. You can say, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I know we don't share the same opinion about this. It's not going to change my decision, but I want you to know I've heard you. And this can be useful when dealing with people you love, you know, close friends and family, uh, and even sometimes with colleagues, you know, just acknowledging that you have this difference of opinion and saying you're going to move forward with your decision and your answer is still no, but that you've heard the person. That can go a long way toward, you know, uh, erasing any bad feelings that may or may not have been about to arise. And, you know, it's just a respectful way to deal with people when 
you want to stick to your guns, but they're pushing back a little bit. And it's natural for people to push back. You know, if you say you can't go to an event, your friend might say, oh, I wish you could or, oh, are you sure? That's natural. And usually just to close the loop, you can say, yeah, it's true. I really can't. Or, yeah, sorry, not going to work out this time. Um, I appreciate you wishing that things were different. So do I. You know, just by acknowledging your difference of opinion, you can smooth over any potentially ruffled feathers. If I can go back to, you know, to duck analogies for a minute. And finally, you can engage. This is a method of last resort as far as I'm concerned because if you've gotten to this point, you're dealing with somebody who really just cannot stop giving a fuck about the fact that you don't give a fuck about something and they can't take no for an answer and they're going to have to get smacked down a little bit. So if you need to, you can engage with this person and you can say, why is it that you are so intent on getting me to say yes to something that I've made it very clear I don't want to do, not interested in, have no intention of doing. Why are you so hot to change my mind? Frankly, I think it says a little bit more about you than it does about me that you can't take no for an answer. And I know that one uh, sounds a little saucy, guys, but I have personally been moved to do it a couple of times in my life, and it has always worked out fine for me. So again, know your audience, uh, start out by ignoring, you can acknowledge if you have to, and engage only if the situation demands it. But in any of those three cases, I think that you will find, as I said earlier, most people do not care nearly as much about how you live your life as you think they do. And you can enter into the social contract of saying no politely, being pushed back on slightly politely as well, saying no again, closing the loop, and then maybe having to defend yourself a little bit harder against somebody who just can't take no for an answer. But in all of those cases, you should be able to come out on top with your no intact and, you know, continue living your life the way you want to. Okay, so moving on from guilt, obligation is the next biggest hurdle to saying no, a sense of obligation. And in the same way that I told you, if you're feeling guilty, you should ask if that guilt is really warranted. If you're feeling obligated to do something, you should ask yourself, wait, do I really have to? Is this truly an obligation? You know, do I have to show up at work because I have to get my paycheck because I have to pay my mortgage? Uh, That's an obligation. But there are lots and lots of other things that are asked of you over the course of the day, the week, the month, the year, and the lifetime that are not true obligations. And you have a lot more room than you might think to determine whether it's something uh, you really have to do. So, This is a case where I have an awesome flowchart. It's called the Do I Really Have To flowchart, and it's from the book Fuck No, and it's downloadable on my website at nofucksgivenguides.com in the download section. And the Do I Really Have To flowchart takes you through some very key questions. Can you do it? Are you capable? Do you have the money? Do you have the time? Do you have the skill? Can you do it? If the answer to that is no, then you proceed all the way to saying no, okay? Another question is, do you want to? And sometimes when there's a question posed to you, the answer is yes, I want to. And in which case, do it. You know, the do I really have to flowchart for determining what is an obligation and what isn't is also wide open to the fact that there are things that you want to do in this life and you can just go right ahead and say yes. 
And the other question is, should you do it? Is this the kind of thing where you can technically afford it, but you really shouldn't be spending the money to do something? Or you do technically have the free time this weekend, but you shouldn't be spending the time doing this thing you've been asked to do. You should be spending it doing something that's more essential or more important to you. So when it comes to obligation, can I? Do I want to? Should I? Um, Those all help determine must I? Do I really have to do it? Is it a true obligation and am I capable of fulfilling it? Do I want to fulfill it? Should I fulfill it? And am I going to fulfill it? And again, you can download that flowchart called the Do I Really Have To flowchart from my website, nofucksgivenguides.com. Moving on, I want to talk about the keys to the castle, how you can stop giving a fuck about what other people think, because that is what's leading to your sense of guilt. That is in part culturally what's leading to this sense of perceived obligations over actual obligations. You need to stop giving a fuck about what other people think, and I am going to tell you how. It's very simple. Here it is. Are you ready? Can you control what other people think? No. You can barely control what you think. You cannot control what other people think. So you should stop spending your time, energy, and money, those fuck bucks that I talked about in episode two, on worrying about what other people think. All you can control is your own behavior. And you can control your behavior in regards to other people's feelings. You don't want to intentionally hurt their feelings. You don't want to intentionally insult them and make them feel bad. You just want to live your life the way you want to live it in the most respectful way that you possibly can. But you might do that. You might go forward and be the most respectful, honest, polite naysayer the world has ever seen. And someone is still going to not like you. They are going to disagree with you. They are going to talk about you behind your back. Um, And that's okay. You have to stop giving a fuck about what other people think because you cannot control what they think. You can only control your own behavior knowing that you've been a good person and you have nothing to feel guilty about. And again, this all harkens back to that advice I gave in episode two of the No Fucks Given podcast, which was about not being an asshole, you know, making sure that you can express yourself honestly and politely without being intentionally malicious. Uh, And this is where you can learn how to talk in the language of opinion. And I write a lot about in The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, and then again in Fuck No, about the difference between feelings and opinions and how, you know, people can get their feelings hurt, but it's a lot harder to argue with uh, or at least sustain an argument about an opinion when it is delivered, you know, in a matter-of-fact and polite way, and you can just say it's a difference of opinion and we're moving on with our lives from here. So if you can learn to speak in the language of opinion by explaining yourself, explaining your your answer, your no, by saying, yeah, we just don't see eye to eye on this and I'm not going to be doing that. Or I totally understand why you want to go to opening weekend of The Matrix 6, but I really hate crowds and I'm not that into sci-fi, so I'm going to sit this one out. Those are differences of opinion. You don't want to say something that intentionally goes after someone's feelings and says to them, you know, why do you want to do that? That's so stupid. Why would anybody ever want to do that? You know, you don't have to go that far. You can just speak in the language of opinion. 
And again, remember, people are not always going to agree with your opinions and they might have something else to say about it. But you know that you've done the best you can to just be rational and logical and clear in your responses and your desires and your non-desires. And you don't have to worry so much about having been a bad person intentionally hurting someone's feelings. Um, And it's so important in terms of not giving a fuck what other people think like I said, to realize you don't have any control over what they think. You know, somebody might not like you because you remind them of someone else they don't like. Somebody might not like you because they're jealous of something you have that they don't have. Somebody might not like you because they just, the first time they met you, they were in a bad mood and they didn't like your laugh and that has colored their opinion of you until the end of time. And that's okay. There's nothing you can do about those thoughts they have. The only thing that you can control is your behavior. So go out in the world, say your nose, don't be an asshole about it, and you're doing the best you can, and that is okay. All right, I have a couple more things I want to get through on this episode, episode three, The Joy of No, and we're going to start with a diagnostic. Uh, There are four types of yes men, and you need to find out which type of yes man are you. There are the people pleasers, there are the overachievers, that's me, there are the FOMOers, people who have fear of missing out, which causes them to say yes when they really want to say no. And there are the pushovers. And again, I have a fun little tool. It's a quiz, and it's called Why Do I Say Yes All the Goddamn Time? The quiz is from my book, Fuck No, but it's also downloadable on my website at nofucksgivenguides.com. So if you take the quiz, you're going to find out which type of yes man you are, and that is going to color the ways in which I suggest you say your nose and form your nose in these four templates that I am about to discuss. So go to nofucksgivenguides.com. Print out the quiz, take it, uh, find out which type of yes man you are, and then come back to episode three and listen to this next segment to find out the best ways that you could be saying no to the people in your life. Last week, I promised you guys some practical, easy takeaways about how to say no, and these are them. The four uh, categories of ways to say no include the hard no. And this is good for everybody, but especially for people pleasers and pushovers. The hard no doesn't have to be delivered in a hard manner. It's just very simple. It's no thank you. It's I can't afford it. It's uh, I don't want to. You know, the very simple, unadorned no that just says exactly what you mean in as few words as you need to express it, and you can walk away. And the reason it's good for pushovers is because you have to be able to say a hard no. You guys are the worst at saying yes when you really don't want to do something. And it's good for people pleasers because you have to be able to say a hard no every once in a while so that people don't take advantage of you. And people pleasers and pushovers are both in the easily taken advantage of category. Overachievers tend to say yes more for their their own selves, more for their own sense of self, whereas people pleasers and pushovers do it because of the way they feel like other people perceive them. So you need to be able to say a simple, direct, hard no every once in a while just to keep other people in check and also keep your own instincts for uh, for being pushed over and and for pleasing other people in check. The next no is what I call the no for now. And this is good for overachievers and it's also good for FOMOers. 
And I don't want you guys to confuse the no for now with a wishy-washy maybe. Maybe is the bane of my existence. I hate it when people give me a maybe. I really try not to say maybe to people because it just prolongs the inevitable. It makes it hard for people to plan around you. It makes them not really know if they can count on you. And if you say maybe, 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 and then eventually say no, you start to be sort of like, you know, the kid who cried wolf. And people aren't going to believe your maybe when it comes out of your mouth in the first place. And they're never going to expect you to say yes, and they might even stop asking you. And this is something that people with FOMO really struggle with because they're afraid that if they say no to something, they might never get asked again. So the no for now is a great way to say no, I can't, shouldn't, or don't want to do something now, but I would love for you to keep asking me. You can just be honest. You can say this is a no for now, but please ask me again in the future because it's, you know, the situation as it stands right now, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I shouldn't do it, whatever the reasons are. But I do want you to keep me in mind for the future. And that works for overachievers as well. You know, the kind of person I was in my professional career where I said yes to everything because I was worried that I would lose all future opportunities if I said no. If you just are kind of honest with the person who's asking you and say, no, I really can't do that right now, but I'd be happy to do it at a time that works for me, or but if you still need help in the future, you can always come to me again, that's the no for now. And it gets you to the answer that you need in the moment, and it also leaves the opportunity open in the future for you to say yes when you, when you can say yes, when you want to say yes, and when you should say yes. And with that, I want to segue into my personal favorite way to say no, the third way that I'm talking about today, which is the no and switch. And this takes the no for now to the next level. This is when you say no to something uh, in the specific manner to which it has been proposed to you, but you offer an alternative that does work for you. So say a friend of yours is having a going away party and it's on the same night as three events that you've already agreed to and you really like your friend, but the best way to say goodbye to them in a meaningful way is probably not going to be making a 20-minute appearance at this party with 50 other people when you have already have three things you have to do that night. So you can say no. No, but you don't want to hurt their feelings and you really do want to see them before they leave town and you offer an alternative. You say, I'm so sorry, I can't make it to this going away party, but I'd love to see you. Are you free for lunch, drinks? Can I come over for an hour and watch you pack? Um, something like that. So that takes the, the no for now and it brings it to the next level, which is the no and switch. You say no, but you offer an alternative that works for you. And then, you know, it's the other person's decision about whether they want to say no to you. And just P.S., the reason that the no, and, uh, the no and switch is my favorite is because it's really good for overachievers who want to be able to dictate the best possible terms for their own success. It's also really good for people pleasers who really genuinely want to be able to help. They want to be able to accommodate someone, but they just can't. It doesn't fit into their fuck budget. It's not something they can overextend themselves to do in the manner that it's been asked. So the no and switch provides a people pleaser a way to genuinely be helpful and be of use but to do it on their own terms. And finally, the fourth and last in my little series of templates for creating your no is the pro no. This is the professional no. Uh, and really what the pro no is all about is learning the language of professionalism and being able to sprinkle statements like, upon further consideration, uh, or that's just not going to be feasible into your responses. And it's the kind of thing that, you know, is, is good to use in a professional context. It might not work so well on your friends and family. It might seem a little bit highfalutin uh, and weird for you to interact with them in that way. 
But when you're dealing with colleagues, bosses, or even your own employees, being able to speak in a professional manner when you deliver your no is really important and useful. So the pro-no is also good for overachievers and people-pleasers, but it's great for pushovers, too, because pushovers really need some help in learning a language that's almost like an armor that helps arm them against their instinct to just say yes to everything and worry about it later. And the pro-no is really useful for that kind of person in any kind of professional setting, especially if you're someone who has clients that you have to say no to. You know, pushovers will often say yes because the customer is always right or because they want to please their client, but they might be sending themselves into a situation that they're going to have a really hard time, you know, a hole they're going to have a really hard time digging themselves out of. So with that, I want to offer one more tip, which is especially useful in a work context to master the phrase, it's not possible. That won't be possible. You know, it implies that you have thought through all of the scenarios and that you have come to this decision because it is the only decision. No is the only answer. Okay, so the four types of yes men, the people pleasers, the overachievers, the FOMOers, and the pushovers all have uh, their own little no templates that are best for them. And we've gone through the hard no, the no and switch, the no for now, and the pro no. Uh, I hope that these are useful for you guys going forward. And there's a whole other thing you can download from my website at nofucksgivenguides.com called Fuck Notes. They're kind of like Mad Libs for saying no. And they make use of all of the, the tips and the templates that I just gave you uh, and show you how you can put them into action in specific situations. So you can get the fuck notes from my website. They're on the fuck no book page and they're also on the downloads page. And just a reminder that that's also where you can find the Do I Really Have To flowchart that I talked about earlier. And you can also find something called the Why Yes, When No method. And this is just a quick little reminder. I'm big on two-step methods like the Not Sorry method from last week. The Why Yes, When No method asks you to stop and ask yourself, why am I about to say yes when I really want to say no? And the why yes, when no method can kind of help you determine if you are in fact uh, in pushover territory, if it's because you're an overachiever, if you are people pleasing, or if it's because you have serious FOMO. Why am I about to say yes when I really want to say no? The answer will help you focus on whether your guilt is warranted or unwarranted, whether that sense of obligation you feel is real or false, and how you can go about saying no's that match up with the kind of pressure that you are feeling as a people pleaser, an overachiever, a FOMOer, or a pushover. Now, before I get to this week's no fucks given tip, which is a doozy, by the way, it is one of the best tips that I have in my arsenal, and it is something that people tell me they use all the time. Before I get to that, I just want to say I am doing next week the very first You Asked For It audio advice column. I've been telling you about this and I'm asking for submissions. You can email me at podcast at nofucksgivenguides.com. Send me your question and I will answer it in the You Asked For It segment. It will be anonymous. Don't worry. I'm not going to say your name on air. Uh, but I'm really excited about this because I've been wanting to do an advice column for a long time and the idea of being able to do it on the podcast really appealed to me. I'm going to get through as many answers as I can in one episode. And that is debuting next week on February 16th. So definitely, if you have questions for me, your 
friendly neighborhood anti-guru. Uh, email them at podcast at nofucksgivenguides.com and I will collect them all and get through as many answers as I can in the debut of You Asked For It, next week's audio advice column. Okay, moving on to the NFG tip of the week. I kind of think we should have a drum roll here because this is such a great tip. The tip is make a personal policy. This is a way for you to say no once and for all. You don't have to explain yourself. It's the kind of thing that people tend not to question because it would seem somewhat intrusive to do so. If you've gone to the trouble to set a personal policy against something, then you must have your reasons. Things you could set a personal policy against include karaoke. Uh, You could have a personal policy against potluck dinners. You could have a personal policy against art gallery openings. The opportunities for a personal policy are endless. Now, I wouldn't necessarily overuse it or people might get a little bit suspicious or a little tired of your shit, but I got to tell you, a personal policy is a great way to say your no without having to overexplain yourself and without, you know, potentially hurting anybody's feelings. It's all about you. It's not about them. This is just something that you've decided you don't do. You've expressed yourself once and clearly, and then you can move on with your life and you don't have to talk about it anymore. You know, these are ways to set boundaries in your own mind as well so that you don't have to think about it every single time somebody tests that boundary. You can just develop a policy and go from there. So personal policies are your NFG tip of the week. They are so useful. Uh, You can have as many or as few as you want. And really, honestly, I do this all the time and very few people question them. And you know why very few people question them? Because very few people actually care as much about how you live your life as you think they do. So that is the overriding message that I want to get across to you all today in episode three, The Joy of No, is that uh, you can say a lot more no's than you think you can. You can get over that guilt that you're feeling in your own mind. You can acknowledge and engage with people who are trying to actively guilt you. You can decide what things are true obligations and what aren't, and you can spread the joy of no by saying it more often so people hear it more often so they realize they're allowed to say it more often. And we can all spend our lives doing more of the things that we want to do, more of the things that we have to do, and fewer of the things that we don't want to do and that we don't have to do. So that's it for today for the No Fucks Given podcast. I want to thank you again so much for listening. It's still early in my tenure as a podcaster, and I really appreciate everybody who's tuning in and who keeps tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review the podcast. It really helps. And if you haven't already subscribed, you can do that, and you will get every episode the minute it lands, which is every Tuesday. Please also tell your friends if this is the kind of thing that you think they would like to hear, or even if you just think it's the kind of thing that they need to hear. And until next week, I'm Sarah Knight. No fucks given, not sorry.